we're going to think about God's word for a moment. And as we do that, let's come together in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day and we thank you that you've brought us together. As we think about your word through your Holy Spirit, minister to us. Speak to us in our own places, in our homes, uh, wherever we may be. Father, as we come together, we pray that we can honestly say, come Holy Spirit, into our lives and into our worlds and into our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The readings that we uh, heard read uh, and also the story that Shauna told, which is an, uh, an uh, amendment from or sort of a, a remake of a story by Bob Hartman, where he re retells the story, um, help us to understand what's going on around Ascension. We've got uh, the, the John reading, which is more or less what Shauna told us, the Gospel reading, which uh, really speaks of the events. We've got the Acts reading, which Margaret brought us, which talks, uh, looking back, as almost the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, as they set out the crash course in who Jesus was and what Jesus had done. And then Malcolm, he was almost, uh, for those of you who are into your vision statements and your, uh, um, your sort of corporate stuff, he was setting out the vision for what Jesus wanted the disciples to do. He was, it was kind of like an Alan Sugar type statement, uh, just motivating people, making it very clear, encouraging them, enthusing them and sending them out together. Thy Kingdom Come is an opportunity for us as we think at this time of the year about those few days as we prepare for Pentecost. Those moments where the disciples were left without Jesus and before the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit of the church at Pentecost. About those 11 days in our church calendar, as we understand it, where the disciples are left without their leader again, and yet... What has been promised has yet to happen. A moment when there is so much un, um, instability and where things are really difficult, where they lock themselves up in Jerusalem as they're told to do. They're told to get together and not to leave Jerusalem until such time as the Holy Spirit comes. They've had the 40 days with Jesus after the resurrection, that crash course that is kind of set out in this retelling in Acts. And here they are waiting in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the traditional home of, of the Jewish faith, the traditional home of the Israelites. And here they are gathered almost as this new church group that Jesus has tried to teach, as we thought over the past few weeks, and encourage. And they're in that place waiting inside Jerusalem for something to happen, for something amazing to happen. And yet they don't really know. And this, if anything of our journey through uh, the Bible over the last few months, we've seen that actually as the disciples are taught, often they don't get it. And here they are in that place of insecurity, and apprehension. And then something amazing happens. Something amazing happens. And that's what we look forward to next week in our Pentecost celebrations. But listen to what is said in these verses. 
because it helps us to prepare in these times as we pray before Pentecost. It says in the Acts reading, verse 8, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus tries to explain that once the Holy Spirit comes, the church is not to be this scared, frightened group contained in that upper room, but to go to the world, to change the world to spread the message of hope, redemption, and renewal that the gospel is and share it radically throughout the world through the power that would come through the Holy Spirit. Some people say that Pentecost, what we're going to celebrate next Sunday, is the birth of the church. Others would say that it was not the birth, but in fact the enablement, the power to go and be the church throughout the world. And as we pray in these days, we are praying as the church, as the church not confined behind the walls, but the church across the world. We, we are spending time as church in a completely different way. We are not confined by the walls of our buildings anymore. We spread uh, our message throughout the internet, throughout Zoom, throughout Facebook, throughout the YouTube, throughout the YouTube, I don't think it is the YouTube, throughout YouTube. We do all sorts of things to, to be church in different ways. These guys are in the most radical place. They are at the heart of Judaism with a new gospel, with a new faith and a new beginning of a church that is going to change the world radically and then we have those lovely bit the alan sugar moments those get on with it pushes at the end of the acts uh, passage whenever jesus ascends there are two men who say to the disciples men of galilee they say why do you stand here looking into the sky the same jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. In other words, look, what are you doing looking at this? Get out and do what you've been told. Why are you wasting your time looking into heaven, wondering what's going on when actually Jesus has taught so clearly what it is that you're to do? It's the kick in the backside. It's the don't quit, get on with it. It's the yes, be amazed. Yes, be full of the wonderment of the ascension of Jesus, but don't just stop there. Actually be feet on the ground and go and do something with it. And that's where we come back to the Great Commission, the Matthew verses that Malcolm shared with us. Jesus had taken his disciples away during those 40 days. He'd gather them and he tried to teach them what it was. He says this, um, when then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go when they saw him they worshipped him but some doubted when they saw him they worshipped him but some doubted in some senses even in the vision statement in what the great commission is seen as the kind of base document that sends us as the church into the world there were still doubters just as Thomas had been a doubter just as Philip had had his doubts in a couple of weeks ago it's part of who we are as the church. But yet, doubters in this become doers. They're not rejected for their doubts. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then this, the ultimate ultimate motivator and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age the disciples who met jesus that day some were doubters but they all became doers they bought into the manifesto of the great commission they went and changed the world they did that through the power of the holy spirit and as we pray come holy spirit this week we are asking for that revival spirit that, revi that motivated these disciples to go and change the world, to change our churches, to change our communities, to change our homes, and to change ourselves. In those upper rooms, as those disciples stayed in fear, waiting on the Holy Spirit, Jesus never left them. As we have left our churches, Jesus has never left us. And more so, the spirit that is promised to these people dwell in us. We are his church. And as we pray in this season, we pray as a people of hope. We talked about hope during the week in Thursday chats. We pray as a people of hope, a hope of, a hope of transformation, a hope of seeing our churches grow, a hope of seeing our churches renewed, a hope of seeing our island changed. And so this week, as we pray towards Pentecost, we pray, come Holy Spirit, and Lord, thy kingdom come in this place. Amen.